Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, the number one show for the invested sports fan. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken yeah. dinner! Four! You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. Hello and welcome to the golf edition of the Action Network podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Peter Jennings. And as always, joined by Jason Sobel and Drew Stoltz, a.k.a. The Sleaze. Sobel, I'm going to kick it to you in a second. But boys, I saw potentially the greatest video I've ever seen with PGA Tour golfers in it. Something that just brought joy to my heart. So there was an exchange captured on video between Matt Kuchar and Roy McIlroy. I'm going to give you the quotes here. Kuchar, I'm still mad. I mean, Roy was just telling me he passed me by two points. Two points is $300,000. Over two points. Rory responds, we all know what money means to him. Rory McIlroy is now my favorite golfer ever. Sobel, your thoughts on the exchange? And obviously last week, JT Poston just won. Well, first of all, uh, I believe that Kucher uh, is not going to be stealing any caddies away from uh, Rory McIlroy anytime soon. I think we uh, all know that. That's, that's a great response. Uh, I love the fact that players, we've seen Phil Mickelson do it already at the Masters. Well, driving down Magnolia Lane, now we see Rory McIlroy. Kucher is low-key the best shit talker on tour and the fact that now these guys have some ammo on him and they are firing at will is fantastic so i think that's really good secondly greensboro jt poston if you were able to listeners get through 57 minutes or whatever of the podcast last week after we had zach suker who was fantastic and we got through all our picks and we're making our lineup at the end of our lineup it was like the very end of the podcast and we've got 7300 or something like that left on DraftKings as we're making our lineup i go I really like JT Poston this week, by the way. I'm just throwing a name out there. I'm going to take him in the lineup, and I think he's going to have a really good week. I don't know where, how, why I got to that point just then in the podcast, but I fired a little on JT Poston. It was a late bet. Boy, did that pay off because that was a, a nice little week for Sobel uh, in Greensboro. So, sleaze, uh, it, it wasn't a super sleazy pick, but not bad. Not bad picking a winner. Pick the winner, bro. Get him on the squad. Within the other 37 guys I picked, one of them won. Yeah, you do rattle off quite a few names typically, but that's that's good strategy, bro. You rattle off enough, one of them's going to win, but you did get uh, posted in the lineup last week, so props to you. I want to get back. You mentioned so that Kuchar low-key, one of the best shit talkers on tour, and it's actually true, even though I've grown to despise him a little bit now because of his cheapness and some of the other antics that have gone on this year. I got a great Kuchar line that he dished out once to Phil Mickelson, who's also – probably the best if not the best one of the best shit talkers on tour so they were playing a practice round somewhere there was a time in phil's career where he liked to wear these gator skin belts like really nice custom-made gator skin belts and he was wearing a green one and kuchar was just railing him about his green belt like hey that thing sucks why did he wear that but and phil had finally had enough of it and phil goes you know matt they give you one of these when you win three masters and kuchar without like missing a beat looks back at him and goes shit i hope i hope i only win two then it's so good. Pretty good. Like, the dude's quick. He's really sharp. But, yeah, he he absolutely just just set himself up to be obliterated by that today. I couldn't – it was like him just throwing soft toss to Rory. Like, hey, I'm going to reference how much money I lost today, and then obviously you can shit on me about how I didn't pay my caddy. So I was kind of blown away that he mentioned that, but props to Rory for jumping on that and, and uh, knocking it out of the park. It's always good to see tour guys get on national television. One more Mickelson Kucher story before we move on. Uh, this was from a few years ago at the Memorial Tournament, reported by Jim McCabe at Golf Week. Uh, I wasn't there for this story, but I will source him, certainly. Uh, uh, this is when Phil was going through all the insider trading stuff. They're at the Memorial. Kucher is in player dining, sitting at a table with Gary Woodland. Gary's about to get up when Phil walks in. 
Cooch looks at him, says, Gary, stay here for a second. He goes, why? He goes, trust me, stay here. Phil walks over and Cooch says, hey, Phil, how you doing? He stands up and shakes his hand. Phil's like, I'm, I'm good. What's going on? Cooch goes, man, is it a little hot in here? It's like, uh, not really, but okay. Yeah, I'm a little hot. I'm going to take my golf shirt off. Takes his golf shirt off, revealing a t-shirt underneath that says Dean Foods on it <laughs> while Phil was going through the entire insider trading thing. If you think Phil did not want to get back at him while writing down Magnolia Lane and posting a video to Instagram, uh, you don't know Phil then. So yeah, uh, he got yeah, some great back and forth there. And these guys love getting back at Kucher. That's awesome. Phil's got a memory like an elephant too. You slide him one time, it's coming back at you at some point. Yeah. I mean, Kucher's my favorite golfer on tour. Uh, you right. know, you hate to see it, but Rory really just he hit it out of the park i mean i would say yeah it's like kid pitch you know they're tossing it underhand they're like right yeah, to there's you no like, way he wasn't gonna say something about that hit, hit this as far as you can possible jt poston wins but let's get to the business uh fedex cup we have the northern trust here uh i think this is a great great tournament uh, obviously great dfs contest we got the best players in the world so we'll kick to you first uh your thoughts on the course here and uh some of the guys you like maybe at the top or however you want to attack it yeah, so I'm actually at Liberty National this week, uh, staying in Jersey City right now, doing the pod from about five minutes away from the golf course. Uh, uh, been here throughout the week. Uh, I'm not sure there's not there's too much you can glean from the golf course. I think it's a it's a second shot golf course. I think you're going to have a lot of guys who good mid to long iron players. You're going to see a lot of 160, 170, 180 yard shots into the greens, and the guys that are good at hitting you know six, seven irons into the greens are the guys that are going to be up near the top this week. You start looking at those type of players. Justin Thomas comes to mind. Justin Rose is a good one. Patrick Cantley is a guy that I really like this week. A couple others, we, we get a little bit lower, and I'll, I'll get some names as we move on in the pod. But what we've seen over the years the, at the Northern Trust, I was about to call it the Barclays, the Northern Trust, but uh, 10 years ago, Heath Slocum beat a quartet of either Hall of Famers, would-be Hall of Famers, or uh, potential rider, a, a future Ryder Cup captain, Steve Stricker. It was Woods, Ernie Els, Padraig Harrington, Steve Stricker in second place. Heath Slocum at number 124 on the points list was able to win that week at Liberty National. If you look at one evidentiary proof of why the PGA Tour is different right now than it was 10 years ago, I just don't think 124 can do that these days. I don't think a uh, – who is it? Maybe Carlos Ortiz. Uh, Pat Perez is 125. Pat Perez is 125. I think Ortiz is 24. Whatever it is. A guy like that. Perez is actually a good player. But I, I just don't see a Carlos Ortiz beating DJ Kepka, Rory Rom by, by one shot this week and those guys coming in second place. It just doesn't happen like that anymore. Things change in a hurry. And I think we're going to see, and we've seen at this tournament, the last X number of years – We've seen a guy in the top 10 in the points list win this golf tournament every single time. I would not be surprised to see that again this week. I think we're going to see a big name on top of the leaderboard. Yeah, look back at the past winners. You, you go, going back in order, you got Bryson, DJ, Patrick Reed, Jason Day, Adam Scott. I mean, it's all dudes that fit exactly what you said. Really good second shot iron players. From what I understand, so correct me if I'm wrong, fairway is pretty generous. Nothing where like accuracy is too big of, a, too big of an issue. I saw 11 par fours that are 450 or longer. So it plays exactly what you said. A lot of 150 to 200 yard golf shots. So that's, that's what I'm looking at in terms of like building my, um, my team this week and looking at the matchups. I just want to, I want to see guys that are great uh, approach to the green or second shot players, because from what I've said, what I've seen too. So small ish greens kind of linksy around. So it gives you options to, 
play different shots around the green, but smaller greens given like the length of shots that you're having into those greens. I will say greens are pretty big. Greens are generous. Okay. You're going to discount land. everything I just said. No, no. Everything you said until that was pretty good. Every, everything you said, it's going to be uh, like long par fours and you're going to have to strike your mid irons really well. Uh, the greens are pretty generous to, to kind of make up for that. So you're not hitting uh, five and six irons into these like pea sized greens. You're going to be able to hit the greens, but you're going to see guys with a lot of 47 foot putts this week and lag putting is going to be very important. You're going to have to, uh, you're not making a whole lot of birdies when you're not hitting it that close to the hole, but you're going to have to scramble around and make your par. You, you can't just hit a putt down there and miss it by eight feet and try to make your comebackers all week because at some point that's going to come back to bite you. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, obviously we have the best players in the world. Brooks Kepka, 12,000 on DraftKings this week. If I forced you guys, let's just start up top. If I forced you guys to say, okay, I'm taking one guy. This is who I'm going to build everything around. This is who I'm going to bet. Uh, if I had to take one guy in matchups, who would it be? In matchups, so, you got to take him in every one? Yeah, sure. I would take Brooks Kepka, considering he seems to be beating everyone. You're laying minus 120, minus 130, minus 140. You feel good about that. Actually, at minus 130, 140 against everyone. Maybe a little bit less, but it's hard to go against Kepka right now. I actually saw some Justin Rose bets that I thought looked really good. He seems to be, you know, falling out of favor a little bit with some of the betters, betters and you can get him at some pretty decent prices. So maybe Jay Rose, he fits the mold of the guys that um, kind of check the boxes for the things that we've just mentioned. Yeah. yeah for I, me, it's JT. I like JT a lot. I The thing with Kepka, and I wrote in my preview column this week, if one guy to win the golf tournament, if you're in a one-and-done pool and you still have Kepka left for some reason, Kepka's my guy. That said, I just can't bring myself to bet on a guy who's 8-1. to one. In matchups where he's minus 130 against a guy like Rory McIlroy, I, I just don't like the value there. I kind of like him against Dustin Johnson, but not enough that I'm going to fire on that over – seven other matchups that I like even better. So even though I like Kepka, I don't like him enough where in betting terms, I, I want to chase after him and try to chase some small money out there because I, I just think the odds are too low, uh, both on the matchups and the outrights. Yeah. I like John Rahm too. He's a big favorite actually yeah. over JT. But I'll tell you guy that checks guy. all the boxes is Morikawa. Since he turned pro, his ball striking stats off the charts. Obviously Stop. playing really well. Maybe Thanks not for well. stealing my guy, dude. Yeah. I mean, am I pulling a Sobel right now? I'm taking him every single week, every time. <laughs> Morikawa is like your Chez. Until he misses a cut or does something wrong, and obviously it's a FedEx. But so listen, Wolf, Hovland, and Morikawa, all three of those guys are probably tw- top 20 golfers in the world. Like that's the a reality. The fact that Hovland's not here sucks. I'm going to say it on every podcast we do for the next 20 years until I can prove myself right. I'm taking Hovland over Morikawa and Wolf long-term. Victor Hovland, last four final rounds on Sunday afternoons, 65-64-65-64. Oh, by the way, the kid likes having a little pressure on his back. This is like the big topic right now. I don't know if you guys saw the new rule from the USGA, but like since Victor was the USAM champ last year, he gets obviously the Masters exemption, the US Open exemption. But the exemptions are contingent upon the fact that you have to – remain an amateur so victor remained an amateur played the u.s open where he played really well and then from that point on he has seven he has seven sponsors exemptions but there's only five full field events after the u.s open with the way the new schedule worked so had he been able to play the u.s open as a professional he would have more than enough points would have his tour card would get to bypass the playoffs and all that he did not get to do that he came up just short needed a t needed a two-way tie for second last week finished fourth so damn near got it done even with that now he's got to go to the playoffs, but they've just amended the rule two days ago that says um, now from now on, the U.S. Amateur Champion will have the option to play the U.S. Open 
as a pro or an amateur. And I guess it's like being, it's going to be known as like the Victor Hovland rule because this is kind of, with the way the schedule works now, it's like these guys want to stay amateur and they're these top tier guys. They won't get to utilize their seven spot, their seven, their seven events. If you win the U.S. amateur, you're getting, they reward you for being the best amateur in the U.S. or in the world at the time that you won that. Whether you remain an amateur or want to choose to play as a professional the following year, I think you should still get your spot. So I think it's a good change. Yeah, Sleaze, it's fine in hindsight, but quite frankly, the next time a player needs his earnings from the U.S. Open after turning professional when he got in as an amateur to get into the FedEx Cup and be a full-fledged member, it's going to be 17 years from now. Yeah. A guy that actually like literally needs like four more points and you've gotten them at the U.S. Open. and that's Yeah, what, I mean, my this, point is not that, like, that this is going to happen often. My point is just like you won the U.S. Amateur. The reward for that is you get to play in the U.S. Open. Whether you want to be an amateur or a professional shouldn't matter. You, sh you still have earned that spot as for winning the U.S. Amateur. Obviously, as an amateur, you should get to pick what you want to be. If you want to make your professional debut the next year at the U.S. Open, you should be able to do it. You shouldn't have to hold off on that um, to, to retain your spot at the Open. That's my point. I don't think this will come into play hardly ever, but uh, obviously this year with how well Victor's done, it would have, but yeah, I, you're right. Like it's it's not going to be. Oh, this guys are missing their tour cards by ten points every year because they don't get to play. They don't get to count their U.S. Open, you know, points. All the people belly aching right now that Victor Hovland doesn't have his card, isn't in the playoffs. Guess what? He's going to go to the Corn Ferry Finals next week, and he's going to win by seven. And this is going to be a moot point. We're all going to forget it, in February that we ever had this conversation. Yeah, it should be a victory lap for him. Just a chance to stack up a little more money uh, at the end of the year here. It shouldn't have a problem if he plays anywhere close to the way he's playing right now. But golf is a weird game, and you never know. So, And there's a lot of good dudes out there. Obviously, Victor is head and shoulders talent-wise. But Did you say victory lap? Did you do that on purpose? Ooh, was that an inadvertent pun I, from the sleeve? I, I think so. I, I think you went pun on us. Sometimes I do that without even knowing it. <laughs> Buy Colin Morikawa this week is the moral of the story after that long tangent, which was a good one. Sorry, right, I just came up. We're buying him. I like the Cantley call. He's kind of in the high and mid tier. I think yeah. he's uh, just a, another guy that you want to be buying in general. Sung JM's actually played well too. We've been on him, Reese, or yeah. we were on him from the beginning of the year. Still hasn't gotten the win, but playing some good golf, I think he's potentially another one of the young guns to look at. Uh, as we kind of look at more at the mid-tier, I mean, we have the, you know, all the best players here. Is anyone else standing out from like a matchups or a DFS perspective, Sobel? Yes. I've got two guys that I really like. And first of all, matchup-wise, I, I absolutely love this. This is my smash matchup of the week. Patrick Reed, minus 120 over Shane Lowry. I'm not sure Shane Lowry has been sober since he left Portrush a few weeks ago. I'm not sure he will be this week still. Patrick Reed is trending absolutely in the right direction. He's playing good golf. I think he's determined to go out and, if not cause a stir in the playoffs, at least give Captain Tiger Woods something to think about for the President's Cup. He really wants to be on that team, and I think Patrick Reed is a really good pick this week. He's won this tournament. Granted, it was uh, at another golf course and not here at Liberty National, but he knows this course as well. So I like, I like Reed a lot. I like Reed to have a title contention, if not – have a chance of going out and winning this golf tournament. I think against Shane Lowry, it's a smash matchup. And I'm giving you one more, Peter, and you're going to hate this one. I stood on the putting green. This is why the Action Network sends me to golf tournaments. Stood on the putting green for about 15 minutes today. Keegan Bradley ranked 185th in strokes gained putting this season. Yeah, I can't putt. Rolled in for eight minutes. Rolled in 10 to 12 footers that didn't miss the middle of the cup. He then started hitting 25, 30 
footers that either went in or burned the edge every single time. They were tap-ins. As we talked about, big greens here at Liberty National, you're going to have to roll pretty good 30-foot putts. I am telling you that Keegan Bradley is locked in with that putter. In fact, I texted him afterwards. I go, bro, I, I didn't want to get in the way. I mean, we said hi, but I didn't want to bother him when he was practicing. But I just sent him a text afterwards. I go, dude, you're rolling it really, really good, like as good as I've ever seen. He goes, yep, sure was. Can't wait for this week. I, I'm telling you, Keegan Bradley is primed for a really good week, loves playing in the Northeast. I think this could be a really good week for Keegan. Number one, the Patrick Reed call. You uh, were on Patrick Reed last week. Patrick Reed, uh, I had a big matchup, and we lost by a couple points to swing. It would turn the weekend, could have been negative or positive, end up being negative. Patrick Reed was the big reason why. He played incredible. I, I sweated his entire Sunday round. The guy was staking flags, like staking mm-hmm. flags. I think he shot like a 63 or 64. 63. Played awesome. Yeah, just even sweating him on shot tracker, uh, he was he was incredible. So I like that call quite a bit. I think it's a good course for him. He has a lot of motivation, like you mentioned, and just he's been playing good golf. Like Reed was clearly off. Uh, you know, you've referenced the swing change syllable, and uh, whatever he's doing now is paying off. And uh, I really I think the setup is good for him. Pertaining to Keegan, I mean, he can't putt, but maybe he gets it going this week. Like I, I hear you on the one day thing. He says he's rolling well. He's feeling confident and sleeves. You can talk to this more as a player. Like. You're feeling good. Like, that's definitely a net positive. Yeah, the downside with Keegan, and I've taken him, and we've made jokes, and I hate how people ever complain about golfers as a DFS player, but Keegan's great, whatever. I've taken him a ton. He's made me some money. He's lost me some money. The one thing I know about him for sure is he can't putt. Like, that's – if he was a great putter, Keegan would have so many majors. So, if if you think he's going to putt well, watch out. There you go. Yeah, I don't know how much stock I would put in a Tuesday afternoon – Cutting session. On That's the- what I was trying to say, but I didn't want to bash on Keegan. Just the raw, uncut, you know, takes the hot golf takes. I, I I've had some pretty good ball striking sessions on Tuesday afternoon and gone out to the tournament okay. and hit like complete dog shit. So uh, I don't put a whole lot of stock. It's like shooting in warm ups. I watch so many NBA players like in warm ups. I'm like, dude, this guy never fucking misses in warm ups, and then he gets in the game and he's just broken. So I mean, obviously it helps if you, if you can do it on the putting green. You know, in theory, you can do it on the golf course, but. Two totally different things, and the fact that Keegan's been not good at putting for a long time, uh, I don't all of a sudden expect him to go out and roll it. But, you know, confidence is a big thing. So if he's if he's feeling himself for some reason. If you could tell me right now, hey, Keegan Bradley is going to be average in strokes game putting, like dead average, he'd be in my DFS lineups. Like I'd, I'd be like, oh, perfect. I can take hey, yes. Keegan, and he's not going to lose strokes on the green. Like, perfect. I totally get it, and I understand that it's Tuesday afternoon. You don't want to read too much into it. He's on the practice green on a Tuesday, nice and relaxed, no big deal, just rolling some putts. wasn't even public. They didn't sell tickets for Tuesday. I mean, it's like as relaxed a little practice session as could be. But there's a reason that Action Network is paying to send me these tournaments, and I can't sit around on Tuesday yeah. in the media center eating lunch all day. So I go out there and I try to find stuff that, hey, I think can be helpful, and you never know. It could absolutely backfire, and Keegan plays terrible this week, and everyone goes, Man, he putted like a dog. He three-putted seven times in the first round. What are you talking about? But I can only tell you what I saw with my own eyes and what I talked to him about afterwards, at least on text message and at least on the Tuesday. That's better than rolling it really badly. Right. And he's also from the Northeast, New England kid, uh, and Sobel, totally. Like, Keegan probably is not going to be heavily owned. So let's talk some value picks, and that's perfect for Sleaze. Uh, Ryan Armour, incredible Sleazy pick last week. I mean, the guy yeah. played awesome. Like you, Sleaze, yeah, though. Started great. And then just at the very end, just didn't, didn't quite have it at the very end. The tournament that I mean, my entire career. It was like, yeah. holy shit, he's doing it. Holy shit, he's doing it. Oh, he's still doing it. Final yeah. round. 
tank job, 20 seconds. Yeah. Ah. Sounds like uh, Drew Stoltz to me. I know how to pick him, boys. He was sleazy for the first three days, and then Sunday he showed up, and fortunately it was either Drew Stoltz or he, Ryan Armour. He was just a regular lair on Sunday. I know how it goes. I know how it goes. I got a, I got a couple matchups here for you that I'll get into. A, I love Sobel's call on Reed over Lowry. I like that one a lot at minus 120. I think Lowry is in honeymoon phase. I got my major. It's uh, let's just ride this thing into the sunset and get back to celebrating. Hasn't I would be shocked if he's played much golf since um, since he hoisted the claret jug. So, anyways, echo soap there. Like that one a lot. One that I really like a lot here. Almost kind of a similar kind of a similar theme to the read over Lowry, but a little bit different. I like Matsuyama a lot over Gary Woodland. So yeah, Gary Woodland also a major winner, obviously at the U.S. Open. Since that win, he has gone MC MC. 55th and on top of that he just had twins about a week ago i do not think that this uh that gary's mind is all the way on golf as it shouldn't be i think he's playing this because like hey it's the playoffs i gotta play not sure where his game's at but it hasn't been great of recent matsuyama also on that same token has not been good uh in his last three weeks he's been incredible all year didn't miss a cut he's missed two missed the only two cuts he's missed all year two of his last three weeks but when you look at all the stuff we talked about on the golf course and the iron play and things like that. Matsuyama, fifth in strokes gained tee to green, third in strokes gained approach. Like, this checks all the boxes for Hideki Matsuyama. Um, he should be able to just ball strike his way around. And um, he's minus 115. Woodland's minus 115. So, they're, basically, they're straight up in this. I like Matsuyama a lot. I know he's played shitty in the last couple of weeks. But still like him. And I'm going to hammer Matsuyama over Woodland. I like that, Sleaze. I like Matsuyama a lot this week. I will tell you that on Monday afternoon, I went for a late afternoon stroll around the course and I got to 18 and just kind of walking down the hole and I, I see a bunch of people out there and I figure, oh, there's four of them coming up 18. No, it was a single. It was a decky with 11 people following him. Now, it's one thing if it's like, oh, I got I got my girl with me and she's got a friend of hers and we got, you know, some other friends in town. Like, they're just walking inside the ropes hanging out. No, this was 11 Hideki Matsuyama on the payroll advisors who were all in some capacity working that day. Now, granted, I saw Hideki play one hole. I saw him hit a dart to about two feet and tap in for the birdie on 18. So apparently those advisors are working pretty well for him right now. But I, first of all, it's a lot of mouths to feed. Secondly, that's a lot of mouths that are uh, speaking into your ear every day, every day and trying to uh, get in there and tell you what's going on. I, that's got to be tough for a guy. I, I don't care if you're one of the best players in the world. You've got that many players, that many people on your side, that many people talking in your ear. At some point, things are going to get the, – the wires are going to get a little crossed and, and the, the advice is going to start negating itself. And maybe that's what's happened with, with him a little bit this year because, like you said, he's played really, really well, really consistent the entire year. He's had a Matt Kuchar kind of year where just – Top 25s, top 10s all year, playing really well, but never quite contending, never really getting into the mix, never winning. And I wonder if there's just – there's a lot of voices going on right now for Hideki. Yeah, I th I, that's a good point. That's a lot of dudes to be around you uh, traveling with a squad like that. But I think that's somewhat – I don't know if it's typically 11. I've been told he, he rolls deep. He, he, like, he has a huge squad with him at all times, guys that you know travel with him every week. I think he has guys that do, like, the most minimal – you know how, like, Iverson had a huge posse and they didn't really do anything, but they got fed? I think he's got some dudes like that. They, like, literally, like, grab his range balls from the range and that's their job. That's exactly – one of the guys was carrying range balls down 18. Yeah, I'm like, has he been carrying them for four hours? Because he hasn't been on the range for a while. 
Yeah, I mean, he, he's got his guy, his caddy might take a break, and the dudes roll the ball back to him while he putts and stuff like that. He, he rolls, from what I've been told, dude rolls with a squad everywhere he goes. So uh, I don't know if that's a red flag, if he's got more than normal, but uh, I'm just banking on the fact that he hits it better than damn near anyone in the world all year long. Um, this week, hopefully, he continues to do the same thing. And he's the same as Keegan, dude. If he could just not lose some shots putting, I'd yeah. love him every week. It's just hopefully he hits it good enough to um, – to offset that but with woodland just the way he's been playing and all the stuff's going on personal life love that bet gonna smash it please what do you roll about 25 30 deep back in the I day was super deep super deep yeah i had i had club guys i had laundry guys i had all kinds <laughs> of shit out there you know what I mean? everywhere i go it's like Iris, i just left my clothes in the hotel and bought new shit in the next week you know guys just dressing you on every hole you just wear a different yeah. outfit on every t-box i should have that could have been my thing there you go. There you go. I got I got two kind of like lower tier guys that I like it into the stuff. Uh, both good ball strikers again, kind of following the theme. Jason Kokrak uh, played some nice golf on Sunday in Greensboro. This guy's kind of kind of been knocking on the door all year. Again, like a really consistent year, which you wouldn't think from a guy who's basically a big bomber. You would think these guys are the guys that you know, one or two or three or four really really good weeks, and then a bunch of missed cuts because it just doesn't fit his game. Instead. Kokrak is a guy who's had a nice, consistent year, hasn't really jumped up and played uh, well enough to win a golf tournament yet, but he can do it, and, and I think he's going to have a nice week. And Emiliano Grillo has not been great lately, but this guy's a world-class ball striker. I'm, I'm frankly surprised that he's not at the level where he should be right now. I would have thought that he would have jumped into the next echelon by now. He should be a top 25, top 30 player in the world based on his talent level. He hasn't gotten there. He still has one win on the PGA Tour. Uh, that was a few years ago. Uh, I think Grio is a guy that at some point soon jumps up to where he should be. Like I said, top 25, top 30. Um, and, and I think that could start this week. This is a good course for him, and I can see Grio playing well this week. Back to Matsuyama just real quickly, and then we'll make our DraftKings lineup. I've made one bet this week on matchups, and it's moved a lot, and we'll see what happens. I bet more Kawa over Matsuyama I got him from even money to minus 110 that was out there throughout the market just to show you how good Morikawa is Morikawa is now minus 135 versus Matsuyama wow yeah the word that's pretty good remember when no one had heard of him like back at the travelers or whatever it was and we were like yo this kid's really really good and he was like plus 130 against you know god knows who he's minus money against damn near everyone in the field look at his stats and the way he plays times have changed quickly if I can pimp your uh, Fantasy Labs models, that every single model I checked this week, I even did one myself where I kind of put in my own stuff. Colin Morikawa is popping at the top of those models on every single one of them. Yeah, and it's small sample, so you, you can't get to it. Like, there's going to be regression. Things are going to happen. But just based on how he has played, I mean, he's playing like one of the best players in the world, if not the best player, which none of us are saying he's the best player. But the market is saying, hey, he's better than Matsuyama, which – I mean, he's clearly, to me, top 20 golfer, top 10 golfer potentially. And I think, like I said before, Hovland, Wolf, and Morikawa are probably all top 20 golfers, which is absolutely nuts. Game of golf is in a great place. So I got a question for you. Sticking sure. with trend over the last few, we got to, where's our speed short this week? We finally. Oh, God. Thank God. Last week. Thank, we're off the schneid. And on paper, this should not be a good Jordan Spieth golf course. No, no. I mean, not anyone versus Spieth. That's why I've been... the favorites were like big favorites. I saw two books. One was minus one seventy. The other was minus one fifty. Yeah. Actually, I did see a couple, and I'm just looking at this, and these these have actually they're they look okay. You basically are paying a little bit of money on Wolf 
and Sung JM, which I, I like both of those. But, uh, I mean, Spieth. Spieth do, we, Spieth. do we ride the short train one more week? We, we finally won. We went from 0-5 to 1-5 now. Do we stay hot scenario? Last week was the hammer because we had more cow over some. This week it's like Sungjae and Wolf, who I think are great. But I, I do think there's a little bit of volatility. Sungjae's actually been pretty consistent. Wolf to me. Wolf too. He played good last week. Yeah. He played awesome last week. I just think Wolf is an interesting one. Um, more cow has been just so incredibly consistent. And Wolf's been great. I mean, he's won. Um, I just think Spieth is like a high upside really low downside type player. So I like the more consistent upper echelon guys versus a guy who's also volatile. But, I, I mean, it's fine. I mean, if you can get Wolf minus 105, minus 110, it's probably decent. By the way, there is a matchup Wolf against Sungjae this week too. And I, I sat there and stared at it for five minutes. It's like, I, I got nothing. Uh, I like Leave both it of them alone. this week. Stay yeah. away. Speaking of people you shouldn't stay away from, it's time for the sleazy man pick of the week. All right, let's go. And now, it's time for the super sneaky, sleazy pick of the week. Speaking of get hot, stay hot, we're going to go ahead and go with friend of the show, Nathan Lashley, this week. Coming in as a sleazy pick of the week. Let me justify the pick for you. All the things we've discussed about the golf course, Nate Lashley. Fourth in par four scoring this year, behind a couple of guys you may have heard of. Brooks Kepka, Patrick Cantlay, Webb Simpson, and then Nate Lashley in par four scoring. That's pretty damn impressive. Also... The 150 to 175 that we referenced, you're going to have a lot of those shots in this week. He's almost in the top 30. It's like 34th or something like that. And greens and reg from 150 to 175. I think his year has been made from going from like conditional status to now two-year exemption, all the majors next year, all the free money stuff. I feel like this is kind of a free-rolling, no-downside type of a scenario for Nate. And I just think the game, his style of game fits this golf course. So Nate Lashley, come on down. First-timer, all-sleeves team. Hmm. Sleazy pick of the week, Nate Lashley. You want to shit on it or do you want to like it? I want to like it. Okay. Yeah. It's 6,800 on DraftKings. No one's going to have him. That's why I kind of like him. Yeah. He is literally going to be like under 3% owned. Other than how big your following is, Sleazy. Yeah. Well, now now he's going to be like 75%. Now he's at least 20. You just broke DraftKings. I was looking in the the sub 7,000 range. Didn't see a ton of guys that that were jumping off the page at me. I think Martin Laird has the type of game that could be good here, but he just has not been the typical Martin Laird that we've seen. So out of all these dudes, Nate was the guy that I thought kind of checked most of the boxes that you look for in this golf course. So there's not much super cheap, like sub 7,000s, like Ryan Palmer, I kind of like a little bit, but uh, that was about it. Nate Lashley, I I can get behind that. And uh, by the way, listeners, in case you're questioning the super sleazy pick this week, Sleaze is doing this pod right now in a wife beater, mm. in a, a black tank top. Yes. I, I would not – like, I don't like going against the sleazy pick no matter what. Sleazy pick in a tank top – let me just uh, – the, the gun like show is out. out of the freaking prison yard, bro. Triceps. Bow, bow. I, I, you, you come up to me like that and you go, Nate Lashley. I'm like, yes, sir. Yeah. Whatever you say, sir. I say, give me your money. Yeah, you just. Please is very intimidating right now. I'm all in. I mean, I feel like I have already clicked his name into our DraftKings lineup. I got a 40 ounce on the floor too that y'all can't even see. So it's, <laughs> it's very real in the sleazy studios this week. Perfect. By the way, I would like to reference that um, take a lot of heat. Barn Rat was there at 6600. Did not take him, and I also did not take Ches Revi in any bet this week. So I am not. Uh, Repeating myself and just going with favorites all the time. Will Very power. fresh sleep this week. Yeah, you you're you're doing so well. You didn't reference them, and then you had to bring up that you hadn't referenced them. Yeah, so. I have to bring it up. You guys wouldn't mention it. 
almost a, a success there, Sleaze. Uh, Sobel, I think we're starting with Lashley. Like, is that who yeah, we're starting with? We want to win. A, we want to win every tournament, right? Yeah. No I'll, one's. I'm. Happen. I'm totally fine with that. I before we get into this lineup too, I want to make make it known. Like last week, we had a really good lineup. We got yeah. five out of six making the cut. We had posted in the lineup. Uh, mm-hmm. We did really well. The one guy that kind of screwed us over a little bit is the guy that gave us like 40 minutes of great content. I don't know how to feel about this. Zach Suker came on the podcast and absolutely killed it. He's now friend of the pod forever. He was fantastic. And then he went out and missed the cut. And we the lineup cashed, but it wasn't like anything special. Without Suker in there, we throw another guy in there. That could be a special lineup. So uh, I'm sort of conflicted right now on my feelings on Zach Suker. You know, that's just a little problem you can run into when you're working in the biz like we do. So... Should Zach Suker feel terrible about costing us a grizz load of money? Yep. Should we probably tweet him about it and tell him how badly he ruined our lineup so he can feel terrible on Twitter? Also, yeah. The guy had credit card debt until two months ago. He's finally clear of debt. He bet on himself. Yeah, he can pay yeah. us back. He used to have credit card problems. Now he's about to have Twitter problems with the <laughs> sleeves because I'm coming for that ass. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Sleaze, are you okay with Lashley as our first pick in our defense? Yes, absolutely. Sleazy pick is always included in the lineup. First pick of the 2019 FedEx Cup playoffs. Sleazy man selects Nate Lashley. Sobel? I am going to then use some of our allotted salary uh, to our advantage. And uh, I'm going to go with the guy we mentioned off the top who um, doesn't really ever seem to struggle. He, He plays either really good or pretty good. And I'm hoping for a really good week. As Sleaze mentioned, one of the better ball strikers on tour. I think Patrick Cantley's time to shine is coming very soon. I know he's got that win at the Memorial. Uh, I think that bigger things are on the very imminent horizon for Patrick Cantley. I dig that pick. Thank you. You know, yeah. I was going to go with a chalk answer, and then I'm just going to totally, you know, confuse you guys. I'm go going with your guy. I'm going Morikawa. I mean, okay, yeah. you guys are shocked that I picked him, right? There you go. Cantley, 9,200. Lashley, 6,800. Morikawa, 8,500. We've got 25,500 left, 8,500 per man. Lots of value out there. I'm going to take the guy that you want to take, Sobel, because uh, I think he fits well, and then you can pick another guy. I'm going to go with Patrick Reed. who I, I love it. I really like it. I, I think I was going to mention it before you did. You've been on him first, so Patrick Reed playing great golf. 8,100, I think, is a value. Yeah, now we're left with uh, a lot of money in there. I, I can just kind of screw over sleeves and leave sleeves with nothing, but do it. I'm I'm good do it. down in the weeds. You you want to go down the weeds? You want to go low 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 price? Low to the earth like an ant. Fine. Then I'm going Justin Thomas at ten thousand. Jesus, you ruined everything. See that? I was only kidding. With, I'm leaving you with seventy four hundred. There's actually some pretty good players there. Seventy four. Hold on. Let me get down here into the weeds. I already had my guy. I was gonna pick DeChambeau for the record, but I'll allow. I'll go. Oh, all right. I'll take my guy. I, I'm gonna go. I'm going to go with uh, some of your guys' favorites. You, you love to get on this guy. I don't think I've ever picked him in anything, but very, very steady year. We're maxing out our money, so I don't know if you guys are okay with that, but I go Jason Kokrak, 7,400. Fucking love it. All right. What a smash Weird. lineup that is. Solid that just, lineup. That was just quick hitters. Got it done. Quick decisions. Patrick Cantley, Jason Kokrak, Nate Lashley, Colin Morikawa, Patrick Reed, Justin Thomas, in no order other than alphabetical. I love that lineup with zero remaining salary on the board. If you want to tilt your face off and put someone else in who can't putt, Lucas Glover, one of my favorites, 7,300. Guy will never let you down on the greens. All right. With that, it's been a fun podcast, boys. Jason, stay safe out at Liberty. Enjoy the tournament. 
Sleaze, keep being sleazy. You do look very tough tonight. And for everyone listening, good luck this week and good luck throughout the FedEx Cup playoffs. Thank you.